Hello, your fearless leader, Albert. We're back here with Cameron and Cam, another episode of the Moto Academy podcast. Best by far. I mean, not even close. The number one podcast in motocross. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to watch full episodes, it's even better than listening. Go to club.themotoacademy.com. Join the Moto Academy community online. And you can do that at club.themotoacademy.com. Get in there. If you're not in there yet, I, honestly, I have no, no idea what you're doing. If you are watching this episode, you're probably wondering, whoa, I really like that shirt. How do I get one? These are our new tour shirts. These are our quarter, these are our summer tour shirts, I think. The fit is amazing. It makes me feel like a young kid again. <laughs> and shout out to the boys in Dubai who let us take photos of them. Yeah. Did those photos come out good? We yeah. got some model shots. Them? No, I haven't. Oh. These shirts are our tour shirts, which, which means you can only get those at class. Go to tour.themotoacademy.com, sign up for a class. We've actually been adding new locations, especially since our near future has just changed quite a bit. We've been tossing new classes out there. So if you didn't think you had one near you, check the website again, double check it, and keep checking it. Follow us on Instagram, get inside of the app. We'll be keeping you guys updated with all the new class dates that get dropped. We just announced one in BroMX, which is in Massachusetts. Just added one on the website for Winchester, so in New Hampshire. Because I live in Connecticut now, so we're going to be doing some New England locations more so than normal, which is cool. We're back home. We're back home. Love it. Uh, and yeah, this is the final podcast before we start ripping them out of the Moto Academy van, which is exciting. So this podcast, we plan to, I believe, answer a whole bunch of questions. Yes, sir. If you guys want to send in your questions... Moto Academy subscribers inside of the app can do that. And those are the only ones that can do that. Go to club.themotoacademy.com, subscribe, and then send Cam a direct message inside of our app with a video and submit your videos. Doesn't have to be motocross related. Guess what? We can try and answer any question you throw at us. So mm -hmm. throw them our way. Throw them our way. Thank you guys for everybody that has supported and sent in your questions. Thank you guys for going out on a limb and sending in your first questions. A lot of you guys, uh, a lot of new faces lately, which is cool to see. We got some, a lot of new ones. Don't be Thank afraid you. to send them in. Fire them in. There's going to be a lot of new ones in this podcast. Cameraman Cam is saying, yep. no such thing as a stupid question. Ask away. Yep. Ask away. Uh, and what else is new in my life since the last podcast? Since five Not minutes much, ago. since it was five minutes ago that we recorded. I just simply changed my t-shirt and we're right into another episode. So... Not much, other than I've been wearing Birkenstocks like crazy, which I never thought that day would come. Hey, I'm glad. I'm proud of you. They're they're comfortable. They're great. Day one in them when we were roaming the, Dubai the biggest mall, mall in the world. Uh, <laughs> not fun. By the end of the day, I couldn't even walk. But now that I've worked them in a little bit, we're good. These were quite the purchase, actually. I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. They're legit. Just don't get them wet. Yeah. Allie told me I could, and I'm like, mm. No, don't get them wet. Okay. It's cork. You can... You can see you can't get them wet. Yeah. Well, so far, so good. <laughs> All right, sweet. Okay. Let's do some questions. Hit me with some questions. Right into them. We're just jumping right into them. Okay. Hit me with some questions. Are you kidding me? What's this one do? Whoa. Oh. Oh, they're labeled. Ah. Oh. Oh, so, oh, so when we make custom ones, it'll say on there? Yeah, that so makes sense. Wow. And you can have pages of them, and dude. And so what happens if we hit this? <gasps> what is that? Wait, it's a... <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? What? <laughs> what? Oh. Wow. Hello? Dude. No way. This is super cool. What's this one sound like? That's a ro small robot. a robot. <laughs> oh, what is What's that? that? Ducking? Du Hello? Hello? Uh, no. Don't no. That. <laughs> do we have more pages? No, that's it. Oh, that's wow. A, wow they do vo voice. Sorry. Oh, we got a new. We got a new soundboard, guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that was okay. shocking. Yeah, if you guys have uh, soundboards ideas, we can toss them into that system there, and just have them ready and on deck, ready to go. Okay, hit me some questions. All right. Uh, hey, Motor Academy. Um, I had a question on roll speed. I mean, like, like, what does it do? Like, is it really that fast? It's just, I've tried it before, and I really didn't like it, but I guess it keeps the bike more stable. But 
I don't know if it's really worth it, but I, I've been told my whole life to try and do my corners as hard as I could. And yeah, it's just something that I should think about or if it's just something that I should just skip over. Thank you. Dude, great question. Yeah, wait, what do you say? <laughs> What, what what was his name? Uh, CJ8. Shout out CJ8. I like that question a lot. So first of all, a lot of people will use the term roll speed and maybe not know exactly what is being referenced. The alternative to roll speed is what he said. I've been taught to charge into corners as hard as I can my whole life. The problem with that, there's a time and place for that sometimes. The problem with that is that it creates a big time stop and go effect. So you'll charge in super hard, sometimes too deep, most of the time too deep into the corner. You break, 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 basically end up not coming to a stop, but certainly not carrying the best of momentum. And then it causes also a lot of times a hard acceleration all at once. It's the reason a lot of lines at the local races will just be notch in, notch out, kind of feel like that V where the rut doesn't have a flow. The reason when you go to the pro races and the tracks are forming better at the pro races is because they're utilizing roll speed, especially more modern day technique. Watch Jet. Jet is all roll speed. 100% all roll speed. So focus on that, CJ. It's going to feel slow. That's the thing. That's why when you watch Jet ride, it doesn't look overwhelmingly fast. It looks like he's cruising. It doesn't look like he's exerting much effort. If you were just watching him go around the track all by himself and then just watching Dylan Ferrandez go around the track all by himself, most people would bet money that Ferrandez is going faster, right? Because it's the charge in hard, brake aggressive. It looks faster. Roll speed is getting off of the brakes a little earlier and allowing yourself in some situations either to be in sometimes coasting but sometimes just very, very little throttle. So maybe 5%, 10%, 15% throttle, enough to just keep the bike light through the first part of the turn. The way you see Jet do it is Jet will sometimes use little bursts of throttle to jump the braking bumps going into the turn. But where he's doing that is the zone that you would be utilizing roll speed because the alternative would be charging in super hard and right where all those bumps are. The reason they formed in the first place was because that's where everybody's braking as hard as they can. So roll speed is especially important the more rough the track gets because you have to get creative on how you can flow through and keep momentum. And based on that video, my guess is you're not on big bikes yet or, right? He looked like he'd be on an 85 yeah, or super, super mini. mini. Yeah. Roll speed is even more important because you have to keep the momentum up. If you stuff it too hard into a corner, it, it's gonna take you forever to get that speed back up. That's part of the reason I think that I'm so good on pit bikes a lot of the times is because I'm the master of just like keeping the bike light and rolling through corners, not charging in, stuffing it in, trying to accelerate all at once. You do that on a pit bike, you're not gonna get anywhere, right? So experiment with that. A good drill to practice is no rear brake and no clutch drill. I know like the star racing guys, Deegan will do that quite a bit. I'm pretty sure Swanpool has the star guys do the no, no rear brake, no clutch drill. That's a good one to try and just keep the roll speed going, not really have so much of a, a burst of acceleration and a crazy decel. And then you can add aggression to it as you get comfortable. But roll, roll speed is incredibly important. And yeah, just to further define what it is. It's that time after your braking ends, for, let's say for the first 30% of the turn, where you can, in some situations, essentially coast. Yeah. If you guys have more questions on that topic, by the way, ask them, because that was a good question. And a lot of times we don't reference that or dive deep into that topic as much as we should, but one of the secrets to the way Jet is riding right now is roll speed, and that is that first 30% of the turn. And what it does is it creates so much momentum by the time he gets 50% of the way through, and 70% of the way through, that when he exits, he has so much speed. It looks like somebody's like tossing him out of a cannon. At Southwick, you could see it. he like can jump over the rollers as he exits. That's not because he's getting on the gas harder. It's because he carried more roll speed and more speed through the first 20, 30, 40, 50% of the turn. Nice. Did you watch Perfect answer. Did you watch the video of Racer X riding all the factory? Oh, I saw a little bit of it. Jackson showed me. You should watch it. It was very interesting. Really? Yeah. I think I saw a good bit of it. Which part? Well, they had a couple comments that stood out. 
I, I did hear one of somebody said they didn't like the handlebar setup with the levers. Well, Who yeah. So uh, Steve Mathis was like, I hate the levers. I can't reach them. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. And you know, what was interesting is Kiefer said the line of like, don't listen to all the technique guys. They're that far in because when they were growing up, they couldn't afford levers. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. Yeah, but, I know it's wrong. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, we literally talked to these guys. I think he was kidding. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so. But that video is great, by the way. Shout out to those guys yeah, for trying was, to make that happen. And shout out to Lars. Oh, my gosh. Team manager for yeah. allowing that to happen. Yeah, and I wish it's actually. those were the race bikes. Yeah, right after the race. Those weren't some demo, like, you know. Oh, that was it. Not even a practice Like bike. Racer X cover type, like test bike bike that was the race bikes yeah what which is super cool dude what an incredible opportunity man like but i loved how they were just like jet's bike is so easy to ride like it's just because they were comparing it to sexton's and they were like sexton's is not easy to ride oh really they were like jets like anybody could hop on this which I just found really, I just found it all interesting. Well, it, it was a great that happens because those guys are doing some testing together as a team, but they're doing most of their everyday testing, obviously mm-hmm. by themselves at their own place. So their setups end up different. Yeah. I mean, and dude, yeah, I, when you can be a fly on the wall to watch the way that Dazzy assists in those guys making changes and setting the bike up, even with no feedback at all from Jet or Hunter, Dazzy knows how to set a bike up really yeah. well. Oh, dude, I would love to be a fly on the wall and just watch that process. Because, like, it, like no bike... I think if I could choose any two bikes to ride, like, as a bucket list thing, it would be Jet and Hunters. Like, every most people would say, I want to ride a Star Yamaha, right? But I just feel like their setups would be ridiculously sweet. I mean, I rode Hunter's bike, and the first lap I went through the whoops was way faster than any other pass I'd ever made through the whoops ever on my bike. <laughs> and it was the first lap when I was feeling it out. And it was just bike setup. Yeah. Just, oh, dude, I would... The way that the power delivery came, obviously way faster than my bike. But that aside, the, the way that the suspension was set up, it was like it was glued to the track. Dude, that's... And it was so plush, but had the whole... I mean, I could jump into the face of anything. I could case anything. I could overshoot anything. And it wouldn't have like that harsh, yeah, like, right. weird reaction deflection where normally when you go stiff, that's what it feels like. This was like just so plush, oh, but had dude. the hold up. And so therefore the traction was unbelievable. I would, the clutch, yeah. having the hydraulic clutch on the 250 was amazing. Like whatever clutch setup they had felt really good. Is yours really hydraulic? No. What? They come stock with cable still. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, dude, if the Yamaha does that, I'm going to be pissed. That bike. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that wow. bike is amazing. Dude, I would just, amazing. what, I would love to know what that was like. Oh, yeah, so that was a cool video. I'd love to know what that was like. Uh, but CJ8, CJ8? Yep. Great question. Thank you. Hit me with another one. Yep. Hey, guys, here for the T-shirt. Back again. I got a question about Dan at Royal Power Sports. I really enjoyed his uh, presence and commentary on all the, the videos throughout Supercross. Um, I was just Googling him a little bit, and there's not much information about him or Royal Power Sports. So um, just curious how's he, how you guys met him, um, what his gig is. Is he a one-man show? Is it is an actual racing team? Um, anyways, just looking for more info on him. Thanks. Here for the t-shirt. Good question, because Dan is an elusive guy. He's got a website, though, doesn't he? I would imagine. I think he keeps it pretty low key. Dan has a, he's he's a low key guy in case you couldn't tell. Yeah. He's kind of just like, yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm pretty (laughs) sure I've never been to his his shop. Oh, I have. Oh Uh yeah. We shot the mask. But I'm pretty sure that he's got a really, really good local, not demographic clientele. Yeah. He's the guy. Really good local clientele. He stays super, super busy. I'm sure that he keeps his shop low keys and it's probably him and one or two other guys at most. Right. I think there's, I think there's more. I think there's. Oh, is it? There's I at have no least idea. two other guys. And uh, just keeps it local with it. Yeah, he's I think man. he goes to some of the local races and he's in where? Columbus, Ohio, Columbia, Columbia Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> Columbia, no, the, the place that nobody's heard of. Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. 
Royal Power Sports. He's Dan got a is, bunch of amateur guys, I think. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. We're, I mean, he's a very selfless person. He puts a lot of his own money into my Supercross program. Just because he loves being a part of it as much as we all love being a part of it, which is super cool. Uh, he is in our Moto Academy Mastermind group chat, but very rarely participates. No, he shows up when he wants to and just lurks, dude. So he's, he's just lurking. Just, he knows everything that goes on with our team, but he's just a fly on the wall. Sometimes he'll pop in and say something, but he's, not often. No, he's just lurking. He's just lurking. He was like, can I be in the group chat? I'm like, why? <laughs> And yet he's in there. He's just watching. Yeah, he deserves Bird, to be in there. Bird's eye view. Yeah. Which how? Is, where did he come? Where did he come uh, oh, from? Oh yeah, that's right. So uh, he was AJ Number Two's mutual friend. So one of my longtime friends, who's also named AJ, what lives in the vicinity of Mechanic Dan, and Dan first came on my radar when. There was a year at San Diego Supercross when it was such a flooded race, so, so muddy that they put a bunch of lime down in the track. Yep, lime gate. I want to say this was maybe 2018, if I had to guess, 2019. And it was the whole lime gate situation when everybody got burned and my eyes got burned really bad. Everybody's bikes got ruined. So after San Diego Supercross, AJ number two calls up because he was, AJ number two was going to a lot of the races with me that year wrenching for me and uh just being a helping hand all around he called up dan i think the next race was in texas and they somehow met to get dan the bike on the way to texas and he framed it got the thing looking brand new didn't charge i don't think he charged me a penny he just wanted to help out and then went to one of the races with me maybe it was that very next round at texas just to kind of be a part of the team then I want to say another year went by where I didn't really hear or see much of Dan. And then when he came back into the picture, he came back on full time for me two years ago in Supercross. And then I've, uh, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. I've had some good luck. Like Jeremiah is one of my longtime mechanics. Jeremiah did Supercross with me in 2016 and 17 and maybe some of 15. And Jeremiah was absolutely amazing as well. Like I would trust Jeremiah and I would trust Dan with my life on the motorcycle, which is important because when you're riding supercross and you're in the air more than you're not, it's important that you trust the guy that's wrenching on your bike. So yeah, Dan's awesome. Columbia, Missouri. Yep. Middle wherever, of nowhere. Wherever that is. Don't know where that is. I flew into his local airport. I got off the plane on the tarmac, opened a door and was at baggage claim. There was no in between. And then when I went to fly out, I, I think it was the Columbia, Missouri airport. I went to fly out. You walk through a door and there's TSA and a vending machine. And you walk through TSA and then there's like 20 seats, a vending machine, a Keurig and a door to the plane. Just that like one gate. That is it. One gate. There was wow. one restroom. It was a family restroom. <laughs> Wow. Dude. It was Shout out Mechanic Dan. Yeah. He also has a Mechanics Masterclass inside of the Moto Academy app, which you guys, that's what Cameraman Cam was there for. That came out really good. And there's a whole bunch of episodes in there. We need to film more of that. Sure. Totally forgot about that. We need to film some more Mechanics Masterclass with Dan. But there's a whole, how many did we do? 20, 30? I have no idea. A lot. There's everything, everything you would need to do routinely, plus some is in there yeah it it's quite good it's something that even i can reference and like okay how the heck do i drain my oil or how do i how am i supposed to tighten the forks the yeah. proper way because we know you don't know how. oh i don't know how to do anything <laughs> so do how do you change a tire how do you all of the small little things that you want to make sure you're double checking that you do it right or maybe you just have no idea like i do and yeah club.themotoacademy.com that master class is inside the member bonus section inside of the app Along with shout out mechanic Dan, a million others. Yeah, so much content in that app now. It's Gosh, crazy. It's insane. It's crazy. All right, hit me with another one. We're on a roll. Good question here for the T-shirt. Hey, Moto Academy. This is the Big BP, longtime listener, first time caller. The last couple of weeks, I have been out riding, and my throttle hand has clinched up or cramped, so I have to pull off the track. 
and physically pry my hand apart from the closed fist position. Is this a common issue? And what are some remedies to this? Is it from fatigue or lack of hydration? I was just wondering what your thoughts were on this and uh, if it happens to other riders very often. Thank you. Real BP. That's the real GP's brother, yes? I think so. Pretty sure. Shout out Real BP. Good question. It's more common than you would think. So there, there was a time period in 2012, I remember, where if it was slightly cold when I would ride, my hand would get stuck to the throttle to the point where it, there was so much pain in between my fingers and just my, all of my fingers that when I, I'd had to stop riding and if I'd have to ride through it, it was the most painful thing ever. And when I'd stop, I'd have to slide my hand off the handlebar and then pry my hands open. That hasn't happened in a long time and it would only happen when it was cold. So I honestly don't know what the explanation was. It was not a hydration factor because it was not a cramp. It was like an arthritis type feeling or carpal tunnel type feeling in my fingers. So if that's what you're getting, who knows? Maybe it could be arthritis or, or carpal tunnel situation going on. I'm sure it has a little bit to do with death gripping to some extent especially if it's only happening in one hand, if it's only happening in your throttle hand, that does tell me that you probably hold on to the, the throttle a little harder than you need to. Hydration never hurts. Having electrolytes, always remember you can't just drink water. That's not gonna hydrate you. You have to make sure you have a good electrolyte mix. I use Element, which works really well. Before Element, I used Scratch, which Scratch worked pretty well as also. I think Element just is a little bit cleaner than Scratch is. Um, just a more leveled up version of like a Powerade or Gatorade, something like that. No artificial flavors or not a crazy amount of sugar. Just has the right amount of electrolytes and everybody's different. Some people need more sodium. Some people need more potassium. Some people need more magnesium. Whatever it is, uh, everybody, for me, I had to kind of play around and see what that perfect mix was. I've got it pretty dialed in now. But getting arm pump, getting cramps in my fingers wasn't necessarily a hydration issue. When I get like giant Charlie horses where my whole leg would start to seize up, that only happens if I would have not enough electrolytes. Uh, so that was a hydration problem. Yeah, maybe something you can try, see if this works. Even if it's not cold out, maybe try putting a hand warmer, like one of those little ones that you shake up in, tuck it in your glove and rest it on the top of your knuckles inside of your glove. Your hand's gonna get pretty hot, but just just try it and see. You, you live in Arizona. No, he doesn't. Real GP lives in Arizona. Where did we see the real BP this year? Salt I, Lake City. Yeah, I think he's out there too. So maybe you're, maybe you're riding in the cold yeah, in some maybe. of these situations. Uh, try to put that hand warmer in the top of your hand, even if it's not super cold out. See if that helps at all. Other than that, I, maybe send Dr. Greg a message inside of the app and maybe Dr. Greg would have a couple of tips for you on what you could do, certain stretches you could do to try to alleviate some of that, that cramping and that pain that's going on. Because like I said, when I had that issue of my hand getting, it sounds like same problem you're having where I had to pry my hand open. That hurt. I remember those days. I do, to, yeah. Oh yeah. For I, you or for me? Me. Oh, Oh, I used to have that problem all the time when it would get cold or what? Oh, I just had horrible technique and arm oh, pump. And yeah, then, so yeah. just death gripping probably. Yeah. yeah. But now that doesn't really happen. Ever since I Good wrote, question. Ever, literally, that didn't stop until I started resting my pointer fingers on the levers Yeah, it, and that's important. Even on your throttle hand, <clears throat> even while you're accelerating, get in the habit of having a pointer finger covering the front brake at all time. If you do that, you're going to find that you're, you're just putting pressure on your outer palm on the handlebar more often than not, and you're not doing this and death gripping with your hand, which is going to cause arm pump. It's going to probably cause you to kind of end up with just that clenched fist. Just open your hands up. When you go into a corner, open your fingers up. All you have to do is push away in the handlebars. You could open your fingers up and push away in the handlebars like this if you wanted to. When you get in the air, open your hand up. Stretch your hand out. Stretch your fingers out. That's all I got. That's all I got. Good cool. question. Good question. I think it's only fitting. To, uh, Straight into the real GP? Yeah. Hit me with it. This, 
I've had this one a long time. Oh, this so, question for a long yeah. time? I don't know what it is, but I remember the setting. Yeah, Ricky, I think you and RV are doing a great job with the Title 24 podcast, but you got to understand one thing. The Moto Academy podcast, number one podcast in all of motocross, quite possibly the world. Yeah, I've talked to Rogan and he's accepted it too. Well, hey, don't beat yourself up, man. You're doing a great job. Hey, we'll see you in Salt Lake. Later. Premix Papa, I do not know how you keep up with all this. Oh, here we go again. Not Premix Papa. This is the Premix Papa hotline. Real GP speaking. Oh, hey, Cam. How you doing? Yeah, Premix Papa's taking a well-deserved day at the track. Yeah, Premix Papa does pop a lot of Premix. Well, it's because he only needs half as many strokes to go fast. No, Cam, I think you're great. I totally don't want to cancel you. But if Jackson asks, I 100% want to cancel you. Hey, since I've got you on the phone, I've got a question for AJ. Hey, AJ, why do you guys dress so cosmopolitan compared to the racers who were tough in the old days? Also, shout out, Driver Jamie. Shout out, Driver can, Jamie. Can you believe How did he get everything the, that was in there? There were so many references. How did he get the cosmopolitan reference from Driver Jamie? Has Driver Jamie said that? So somewhere, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I think there may have been some insider communication there. <laughs> I don't think that was a real GP question. I think that was a driver Jamie question. Wow! Why do you guys dress so cosmopolitan? That was every. Well, hang on a second. That was every reference. Go go back to <clears throat> the fro, the Emig days and the McGrath days. Those guys were just dressing a little funky with it, weren't they? You're, You're going to ask well, me? He wouldn't know. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Jeff Emig, you know. Yeah, yeah he, he, he won Loretta's this year, right? Yeah, he did actually. Two classes. Good for him. Wow. Good upper body stability. I saw him in the mud. Looked good. Well, driver Jamie, you know, I'm 30 now, so I don't really have much, much of a fashion reference. I tried to just put things on and hope that they work. Most of the time, they end up pretty cosmopolitan, as you would say. I don't know. I, you know what has the most to do with it? What's that? For the younger generation, like Jet's age? Yep. Guess. TikTok. Oh, so dumb. Probably. Probably. Right? Yeah. I mean, the hair, TikTok. Dude, all, everyone's hair is the same again. Oh, my God. So, I, the <laughs> gym I go to now, Okay. it's all a bunch of like 18 to 22-year-olds. Yeah. Every single one of them has the same haircut. Every single one. And every girl wears the same pair of Gymshark shorts that look like they were painted on. And I'm like, what is this? You know, you and I are basically wearing the exact same thing right now. Do you yeah. notice that? Yeah, we have the same... <laughs> we have the same shorts in different colors. Wow. We have the same shirt in different generations. Wow. Yeah, we don't have much style. So, no. dude, I haven't bought clothes. I think since middle school. Yeah, and I hadn't either until just recently. Like we were on a, we went on a couple of trips where I didn't pack appropriately, and I had to buy a few miscellaneous items. Yeah, but other than that, I don't buy clothes either. The so only thing I, I just bought, wear Moto Academy shirts. Same, and then I wear like a Lululemon shorts. Exactly. I have three pairs of shorts, plus a couple like khaki ones. That's all you need. And I have black jeans that I and a couple of hoodies, a couple of good hoodies. Yeah, good hoodies. I I did buy those SPF shirts this year. Yep, yep, yep. But as far as buying clothes, I don't. Yeah, really. All you guys. By the way, speaking of clothes, we've got a merch drop coming. Oh yes, we do. Coming in hot. It's on the website as a draft. It's ready to go. They look awesome. Yeah, and we've got them all shipped to us. So driver Jamie's got just boxes upon boxes at his house. I don't know where he's keeping everything, to be honest, but the, all of the stuff on the website will be print on demand, meaning that's coming from the fulfillment company, mm -hmm. but we're going to sell the merch drop at these classes. So we had a bunch shipped to us as well Sweet. and printed out ahead of time. I'm excited to see it in person. The proofs and everything online look sick. Man friend Daniel did a great job with the designs. They look great. There's four or five or six different designs. Yeah. So colors are good. Yeah. Oh yeah. The quality of the materials, uh, even on the print-on-demand stuff online, we pick some good quality stuff, which might mean the pricing might be a little higher, but I just want to always make sure we get the best stuff. And keep your eyes peeled. 
we haven't figured out what we're going to tie that merch drop into, so it's not live just yet, but it is literally ready to rip. Hoodies, t-shirts, crew necks, tank tops probably, hats, I think, not sure, bunch of stuff. Yep. And we ordered $20,000 in Moto Academy Georgia merch. Oops. So if you guys can think of a creative way for us to do something with that, we're going to donate a bunch of it. I think is going to be cool. We could probably sell a bunch of it at what our cost was. So just do super discounted pricing and just sell it to like Moto Academy people, maybe just as like limited a dish, but I don't know. Cause the designs are not, there's some designs that literally say Moto Academy, Georgia, but then there's some some that are like, more uh cosmopolitan as driver jamie would say designs that it's not as obvious although right. it still says georgia on it well yeah i don't know twenty thousand dollars down the tubes man that's well well that's just a you live and you learn yeah, you make well. mistakes i learned i learned th- at least three key things that i can take forward with me so i just mark it up as in i paid that much money for a lesson so that's fine that's fine but if you guys have any creative ideas, maybe we could fly to a, somebody had the idea of maybe we could fly to Georgia, the country. Yeah. I don't know how Georgia's doing. Like, are they in a rough spot? If they're in a rough spot, maybe we just start tossing out some cool Moto Academy Georgia clothes. That would actually You think be- I know anything about Georgia? Hey, so my question was, with how competitive racing has gotten recently, do you think that a rider has to start really young to really go anywhere with racing, you know, GoPro? I know Jeremy McGrath started when he was 15, but now when you look at riders today, like Hayden Deegan and Jet Lawrence, it seems like you already have to have so much done, even at just a very young age. And you know, as a new rider who's starting pretty old, I just, it doesn't seem like there's much hope unless you start really young. So I was just wondering what you guys thought. Thank you. Dude, is he stranded in a desert? What do you mean? Did you hear that? Like yeah, Falcon in the background? There was something in the background. Careful, man. He's probably all right. Sounded like he was about to get swooped in by a Falcon. <laughs> uh, great question. Hurricane something something. Excellent question. And I, I have conflicting thoughts on this. If you were to ask me which one is probably the better route to go, yeah, absolutely. You learn so much and you can download so much information before the time that you're 10 years old that you would have a millennium in, like, of a head start on somebody like McGrath that started when they were 15 years old. But that's not to say you can't catch up eventually. It just, you'd have to be on a completely different trajectory as far as if you, you know, if you start at two years old like I did, you could be ready to turn pro by the time you're 16 like I did. If you start at age 14 or 15, yet you might not be able to turn pro until you're 25 years old. That's fine. I think nowadays if you do it the right way and you're not getting injured, you're not getting burnt out, I I don't see a reason why you couldn't race very competitively professionally until you're in your late 30s. Right? I'm 30 now. I have a five-year plan. I'm going to race until I'm 35. I imagine when I turn 35, I could probably easily keep going with it. And maybe I will. And you see guys like Brayton, how old is he? Not sure. He's definitely getting up there. A guy like Reed, how old is he? Not too sure. Can still go really fast. Uh, could still easily race competitively at the professional level. And that's you know, getting deeper into your 30s. So I wouldn't let that discourage you by any means. I wouldn't even look at it as a disadvantage because you can't compare timelines. And that's one of the mistakes I've made most of my life with racing, with success in a, in a career and trying to make money. It was like, I was chasing the timeline of trying to stay on track with the, either the people that were around me in racing. So I grew up in the Justin Barsha, Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson era. I could name a million other guys, but they were all my age or a year older. So I was basing all of my successes on when they would see success. It was different for everybody. So it's an unfair way to do it. I was also simultaneously comparing myself to people that were my age in school. So when I got homeschooled after ninth grade, after ninth grade, because I was turning pro, I was like 
keeping an eye on everybody in my grade. What are they up to? Are they okay? Well, they're sophomores now, so I got a little bit of time. They're juniors now. Uh oh, I'm running out of time. Okay, they're seniors. Oh boy, I better better be making it this year. I better be making a lot of money because guess what? Now they're going to college and I'm falling behind at this point. Oh boy, they graduated college. Now what? Um, that's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down in trying to compare your timeline to others. So don't do that. It's easy. It's an easy trap to fall into. Also, you'll find that a lot of people around you will try to accidentally kind of send you down that path as well, whether it be parents or relatives or friends. There's a lot of like cultural pressure that will make you feel you have to accomplish certain, certain things by certain ages. Uh, but there's a lot to be said for the amount that you could subconsciously download by the time you're eight or 10 years old and starting young. If you're going to start a little older, you just have to do it in a really, really smart way and learn the right things at the right time. But yeah, I would say nothing's impossible. Why not? Why not? I said I was going to win a Supercross championship by 2028. I made that goal this year. It's a little late in a rider's career to just say you're going to win a Supercross championship, right? Well, but some would argue. <laughs> yeah. But if I decide I'm going to do it and stick to it, it probably will happen or I'll get very close to it, right? It, it's very well could change my mind and head a completely different direction. But you just have to, you know, create that crazy high goal, have that as something to steer towards. And then in the meantime, just focus on all of the right things and just try to learn as much as you can. But asking a question like that, I think is an appropriate, good question. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you never know what tomorrow holds, right? However, um, you don't want to be the guy who doesn't chase their goals because you think you can't. Yeah. Just making up like a weird alibi or excuse. Uh, it was too late. No, you, you have, everybody can make a choice. Everybody has the power to make decisions. Like it's all about decisions. You can choose like every, every single day, even you can choose the attitude you're going to have. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a bummer day, everything's going wrong in life, whatever, you can wake up and choose to be positive. That's a choice you make. And same thing with this stuff is it's like, I, I, I hate when I see people that have so much potential, but the only thing holding them back is their ability to, to decide they're going to do it. Yeah, some weird little excuse that they have in their head is their reality, and it's not even true. Right. Yeah. It's so, sad. Uh, and there's uh, people on every different, everybody's on different trajectories. If you look at like a Justin Cooper, I'm pretty sure he went to public school all the way through the end of high school. That's pretty unusual. Deegan was learning how to ride supercross when he was like age four. That's pretty unusual. Right. Everybody, and there's advantages and there's disadvantages to each of those things. Like the, you would say, well, what, what the heck is the disadvantage to Deegan learning that young? Well, the disadvantage is, it's pretty easy for you to probably burn out at a young age if you're training that hard from such a young age. The benefit of a Justin Cooper going through public high school all the way to the end is that you you have a different perspective on it and it can be a more positive perspective that you don't you don't burn out and you can have motivation. But it's all whatever your perspective is. So good question. Yeah. Good question. You know Dude, this mic gets heavy holding it. Like we gotta we got to talk more about Deegan sometime. We never debriefed his freaking outrageous lap at uh, Washougal. I know. Good grief, dude. All right, here we go. Ready for another? Hey, guys. Just wondering if there's any plans of uh, maybe a little tour of the Moto Academy Sprinter since it's been redone. I'd uh, love to see it. Hope you had a great day. Ciao. Well, wouldn't you believe it? That's the next thing on our agenda. So I haven't seen it yet. Cameraman Cam hasn't seen it yet, but driver Jamie is bringing it to Connecticut in a couple of days. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to podcast in it. We're going to do a full tour of it because custom upfits built it for me. Uh, Had to have been months ago now. (laughs) Yeah. And the poor guy probably thinks we're just ghosting him and not putting something out. But I told him, listen, we're going to do it right. Uh, but I haven't seen the van yet. I still haven't driven it ever, but I haven't seen it since it got built out. So Todd at Custom Upfits did what appears to be an amazing job. Driver Jamie says it's unbelievably nice. It looks awesome in pictures. 
So we're going to do a full tour and I can't wait. I know that was one thing that I was never sure that I would have was like, you'd always see that one guy at the track. That's got the crazy setup. Oh, there's always one. Yeah. Yep. Now that's me, dude. It is. I just, I've seen, we've seen photos, right? But we have not seen it in person. I cannot wait. I'm still a little salty about it. Not going to lie. Cause it put it out of your price range. 100% out of my price range. Still don't have a van. You could live in it. You could just move into it. <laughs> yeah. But it would cost as much as a house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, I can't wait. Uh, that's the future home of the podcast. So you know, like, yeah. So keep your eyes that. peeled fat so. header. We will, we'll do the full tour. And then like Cam just said, that's one of the future homes of the podcast, which will be flipping awesome. Yep. That's where all this new equipment just bought this mic. It's a sure SM seven B, which is apparently pretty good. We bought this, uh, soundboard. That's not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which, which, where'd it go? No, no, no. Ta- that one. Yeah. So, there we go. That's so you can the do them two simultaneously. Apparently. So this is the roadcaster pro two. It looks fancy isn't that freaking sweet Don't it's know how much it smaller than mine it's smaller than yours yeah yeah so hopefully this sounds good granted we're in an echoey sunroom that has no furniture but yeah it's gonna be good we're gonna have a yeah i can't wait okay next question hit me with it moto academy podcast this is thin retinas so i've been wanting to talk about this for a while it's my personal opinion that tomac is going to come back but I've just seen some news floating around confirming that he might. So what do you guys think? Um, we talk a lot about how being off the bike helps us, normal people. Do you think that can do good for Tomac? What What can you speak to that? Thank you and toodaloo. Dude, first of all, the hat. Second of all, the hair. Yeah, wow. Just the strand of hair coming down. I wish I had that. <laughs> My hair just goes up up and away like i have no no style choices whatsoever it just goes straight up and i was hoping since i got the hair transplant i'm like oh new hair transplant gonna have some new options for styling nope just straight up in the front and really? i can't That's do it, anything huh? about it we can't do a mullet nothing i mean maybe if i let it grow really long it might give me some alternatives you gotta try but so far seems pretty limited pretty limited thin retina shout out Good question. I would have bet money that he wouldn't have come back. So now that I don't know how old that question is, but he is now announced he is coming back, which yeah, is Supercross only. Oh yeah. Yep. For 2024. Okay. I am so excited. That's gonna Dude, be I'm so excited. Great to watch. Everybody That's, will be back too. Like Craig has been out forever. Barsha has been out forever. Like Ooh, they're 450 all is going to be dude. Fun. And then you got jet freaking Lawrence in there. And I don't Hunter. know. <laughs> I think Hunter and I think Hunter will be 452. That's it's, I mean, we have no insider information on that, by the way. None. I'm assuming that's what will happen. I think so. Yeah, I think so. If he that's, wins the outdoor title, I would say in, inevitable. But yeah. Uh, what was the question? Time off the bike. Tomac's smart. He's probably somehow just getting more fit in his time off the bike when he comes back on. He'll probably correct us a couple of small things that he could have corrected, which uh, Tomac rides pretty well. He just bulldogs it and he can, he's so fit, he can get away with bulldogging it. Maybe yeah. he adds a little bit more finesse in there, but Tomac will be a title threat. There's not even a question about that. He is so good on that Yamaha oh, and dude. he will be again so good on that Yamaha. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, it's going to be. Really interesting. And I you got Cooper Webb as so. his teammate, dude. <laughs> like, I think t- I I would guess that Cooper Webb will be less good on the Yamaha. Really? Personally, but I don't know. I mean, he's always struggled on the KTM, hasn't he? Well, except for the I two championships. KTM is perfect for him because <laughs> Webb is just the guy that likes to land, slam on the brakes, tight, take the turn yeah, really right. tight. I mean, unless he was just doing that because he was on the KTM, it seemed like that was what was giving him all of his advantages. Where now in the Yamaha. The Yamaha doesn't jump through the whoops as good, right? I mean, yeah. it's a, it's, I would guess that he would do worse on that bike, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, I totally understand how these conversations are completely useless. Yeah. Be- because it's just, it's useless that we're talking about this right now. However, what happens, I gotta know, what happens when you have Jet, Eli, and Sexton all together in Supercross next year? Because, 
we've seen what happens with Jet and Chase, and we've seen what happens with Eli and Chase. What goes down with the three of them? I mean, it very well, assuming everybody stays healthy, right? it could be one of the best seasons of 450 Supercross that we've ever seen ever. I, I would guess. I wouldn't doubt it. There's be- no way it is, right? There's so many names that could be in the mix. Barsha will probably be yep. fast. Anderson will probably be fast. Rock- Hunter Hunter will be fast. Roxon's Roxon? racing again. Yeah, like uh, there's gonna be. Thank God I'm not doing the 450 class, <laughs> dude. It's it's wow. Yeah, it's gonna there's be gonna awesome. be, and I know it's like this every year when you go to Anaheim one and it's like 15 guys can win, but it's gonna be more like that this year than it's ever been, and. That's what's getting tricky about this sport is it's getting to be more and more and more like that. It seems like every year, then you of course have your years like this year where by the end of Supercross, so many people were hurt where outdoors it, it thinned out quite a bit, but yeah, that's just the natural progression of the sport is that you're going to have more fast guys. You would think the only thing that concerns me about this whole idea is if chase leaves Honda and goes to KTM or goes to Cowie or goes to wherever he's going to go. It's like, that would be the only thing where I'm like, uh, I wish you would just, you know, you're good on the Honda, but whatever. If I had to guess, I think it'll be Jet and Tomac one and two. Okay. Third is a toss up, but I would say if Hunter's doing Supercross, I would say Hunter's a podium guy. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine he wouldn't. I still think Hunter is going to be insane on a 450. Yeah. I, I don't and know what it those is. Guys yeah. at, watching those guys at the dog pound, I mean, there wasn't much of a difference. There was days that Hunter was better. There was yep. days that they were the same. There was days that Jet was better. It wasn't, it was not obvious. Yep. Oh, so. Epic. Yep. Epic. Uh, good question, Thin Retinas. Hit me with a, hit me with another one. Hey guys. So I um, fractured my foot in five different places right up here, but. I overjumped a triple and landed like on the arch of my foot because I got nervous because I have a little bit of ankle issues right there. But I really don't want to go to the ankle saver foot pegs because I like how much I drop my heels. Just wondering if you guys have any advice to be ready to get back on the bike and if you guys are having a class in like somewhat of the northeast in like late September because I can't even walk for eight weeks. Um, just I've been working out my upper body, stretching trying to just watch all the outdoors races and the moto academy just any advice you guys might have shout out Chaz, healing up well i think i just sent him a message inside of the app a couple days ago maybe yesterday and i think there was a class that was local to him coming up that he might be able to hit which is good question was that's interesting right because he had a pre-existing ankle issue and he's like oh boy i'm coming up short let's slide to the flat part of my foot and see if it's better than hurting my ankle. So now I break my foot. The ankle saver type situation, which, which is the extension off the back of your foot ped, peg, there's a couple different companies that make it, I believe. It's worth a shot. If you have one foot that's bad, maybe put it on that one side and just try it. It does, and Chaz, you have really good technique. It allows you to drop your, an- drop your heels quite a bit. For me, it's not enough, but if I had an ankle injury, could it be enough? Hmm. Sorta. And there, it, the times that I would need more flexion, what I would do, I remember riding Stank Dog's bike that had them. I would slide my foot further back and stand on the extension and then drop my heel below the extension, which would just put the weight even lower. So like to hit super cross whoops, you could do that. Uh, your risk of slipping off the foot peg was less because then you could still use that extension to put your toe on if you needed to. It's, I don't think, I haven't had enough time with them, but I don't think it's a bad option, especially coming back from this injury to give yourself a little peace of mind. Maybe try it, maybe try them. It's worth a shot. Don't know how much they cost, but yeah, maybe I should even just get a set and just see so I can give people a better reference point of if they should or should not use them. I will say that, like I said, the time that I tried it, it has a perfect angle to the point where it does allow quite a bit of flex- flexion. You can set slide your foot back more if you need to. And also what's nice is it doesn't really affect you otherwise. Like when you're in a corner, it doesn't seem like it gets caught up in the dirt, which is good. It doesn't get stuck in ruts, doesn't get caught on anything. I would say it's not a, not a bad thing to try. Have you ever ridden with them? 
Can't remember, but I don't think so. Yeah. I think I've stood on bikes with them, but I've never, yeah. I've never ridden them. Yeah. Sharp foot pegs are important. That's the biggest thing. So if you get those extensions, just make sure that the, the base of the top of the foot peg is, is sharp. And yeah, I'd say worth a shot. And maybe for those of you listening, if you want to leave your comments down below on what you think of the foot pegs with the extensions, whether you like them or not, I'd say of all the weird little quirky things you could put onto a bike to try to help yourself, that's one that I'm, I'm not against by any means. There's some things that, uh, I won't name the brand, but there's like a, a, it looks like a little mini hockey puck that goes on the side of the bike. And it's literally, it will force you into the wrong position because your knees either have to be behind it, which you can't get your, your knees far enough behind to be behind it. It just gets in your way. Or your knees have to be in front of it, which isn't the correct standing position. So actually those little things, for those of you that have them, you'll know what I'm talking about. Get rid of them because that will put your knee in the wrong spot. So it, totally wrong. There's probably a couple other, like the wing seat, the guts wing seat I use. It's amazing. It's a great weird little thing that you won't see on a lot of people's bike bikes. It's great. Creates that cushion in the side. Uh, so you could squeeze your knee into the right spot. You can tell whether you're in the right or wrong spot with your knees when you're standing and it just gives you more feel instead of trying to grip into like in ricocheting off the plastics, you get a good grip into the side of something that's soft. So, uh, the wing seat is another Good, good addition. If you haven't tried the wing seat, Chaz, I don't think I saw your bike with it. Maybe try that as well. It has nothing to do with your ankle or foot injury, but you have good technique. You might just want to try it. All right. Hit me with another question. Give me one more. Yeah, let's do it. You guys want to send in questions? Club.themotoacademy.com. Join the motocross community. If you're not in there already, it's still, I have no idea what you guys are doing, but it's growing quick. So most of you probably are. Hi Cam, hi AJ, King Friday from Oregon. Um, today I have a podcast question and it's in regard to a product called Steak Pigs. Um, I heard a bunch of the Starved Yamaha guys are running them and uh, I thought they might be cool. Did a little bit of research, uh, everything looks great except the guy in the video is clearly riding on his arches and I wondered if I could use them riding on the balls of my feet. Uh, so wondered if you had any experience or knowledge about the product. Again, they're steak pigs. So love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Thanks. Did you open the door for me? I had to, I had to take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to down a product, but if you're riding with correct technique, that product will not allow you to ride with the correct technique. Uh, unless I've ridden countless bikes. What about Hunter? Hmm? Hunter used them. Well, he tried them for like... Oh, he didn't race with them? No, and his were not in the normal spot. They were welded uh, onto some okay. crazy spot that was like... he was. What they were trying to do was create more feel... Right, right, right. ...behind his like... Yeah, like in his calf area. Yeah, so what they ended up doing instead is they created like this, this aluminum wing. Oh, weird. Basically with grip tape on it. But what they tried to do at first is I think they welded on like a steg peg into that area so that there was something for him to grip onto. I had to do that too. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I knew that question was in there. But if I'm you like... put it in the spot, unless I don't know enough about it. So maybe there's, maybe there's a bunch of different locations. Maybe you can adjust them. Yeah. You can put it, you definitely can adjust them, but any of the bikes that I've tried with them, it's yeah. like, listen, I, you try to get on the bike and then try to get your knees back in the right position. And it's literally right where your knees are. And you're like, hang on a second. The only way for this to work is for me to ride with my knees in front of the foot peg like this, which is wrong. And then to have it behind my leg, which I think was the concept is like, oh, you won't get arm pump because it's going to hold you forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, I don't it's know. Not, it's not right. I don't know. I feel that way about the wing seat though. Like I don't like the wing seat. I feel like my knees get stuck instead of, and I feel like it hurts me more than it helps, but so maybe there's some preference. I don't know, but props to him being like, Hey, the guy in the video is on his arches. Yeah. Great. Like that's a, that's a, that's what we always talk about watching riding differently, watching races differently. That's pretty cool. Good observation. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I could see those helping if you're sitting down, right. And it could kind of like hook it in behind your boot and it'll help hold you in position sitting. But what would help do that more is just a gripper seat with a uh, wing, uh, not wings, 
Ribs. Ribs. Ribs on the top of the seat. That will hold your butt in position better than something wedged behind your leg would. Yeah. Yeah. Don't order them if you didn't already. Don't make this a clip, at least, Cam. This can be deep into a podcast. (laughs) Dude, I just had to. It was too good. It was too good. Hey, I mean, everybody has their thing. Some people like back sweet bars. Okay, great. But if you can't get your hands in the right position, you should probably get a different bed. You know, there's, there's all sorts of... Stuff like that, you know, so. Yeah, and same thing with this topic. Uh, leave a comment. Let me know if, if you've tried these things and there's a way to set them up to where you did feel it was beneficial. I'd love to see a video or a situation in them being used the correct way. I just know that I, it, it seems like it, they've created more confusion than anything because people are like, ah, oh, hang on a second. You're teaching me to do this, but when I put these things on, I can't get there. So, yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, well, it's not really the same as neck braces. But, you know, we always say, like, you know, if it's keeping you from being in the right position, being in the wrong position is more dangerous than not yeah. wearing a neck brace. Right. right. So. Yep. Uh, okay. Hit me with one more. Let's not end it on that note, for gosh sakes. Why? That was so funny. Quick question. Um, a few weeks ago, I had a bit of a nasty little crash racing, uh, and I hurt my neck quite bad. So I've taken a bit of a step back to try and get um, recuperated and fit again. Um, because I've already missed some rounds in the championship, um, I've decided to just practice now for the rest of the year. Um, so my question is, when I go to a practice track now, um, generally they're about 20 minute sessions, but um, have you got any advice uh, and any kind of guidance on what's best to do when I get to the tracks? Um, is it worthwhile doing one lap sprint, two lap sprint? to a couple of laps stood up. Um, what do you guys think is the best way to try and get the most out of that practice session um, rather than just keep riding for 20 minutes? Is there specific stuff I should be doing, um, like I say, to get the most out of it? Cheers, Mark. Shout out Mark from the UK. Uh, he sent that question to me inside of the app, so I've answered him on a personal oh, level, right. but the, my video responses have to be like one minute. Right. So I have to say it pretty quick. So I can elaborate a little bit more and I don't remember what I said back. So hopefully I'm not full of crap and I give the same answer twice. When I did a class in the UK, the one thing that everybody brought to my attention as an issue was that they don't really have access to tracks in their backyard or uh, turn tracks or anything like that. And when they go to the public track, there's a lot of people there and they're stuck doing their 15, 20 minute sessions with 40, 50, 60 other people out on the track. And they found that it's kind of hard to focus on what they need to focus on. So what I would say is don't do one or two lap sprints. I would go out to try to do the, the entire duration if you can safely without fatiguing and falling out of position, but always have a, always have one thing that you're focusing on. And I tell this to students at classes. So I would also alternate. So start your day. Let's say you have four 20 minute sessions when you go to the public track session one, Stand up only, at least the first 10 minutes, but try to make it the whole 20. Stand up only the whole time. That would be a great way to kind of get back into the flow of things, start firing off the muscle groups you need to, focusing on technique while not overriding. Next session, don't just go out and go, I'm gonna ride normal now and go wide open. Add something to that mix as well. Okay, I'm gonna ride normal, but I'm gonna have both feet on, or I'm going to ride with no clutch or with no rear brake. Throw something into the mix to anchor your focus and to take the edge off the speed a little bit so you could be more deliberate and a little bit more intentional with what you're doing. That's super important. And then maybe alternate, maybe Moto3 can be standing up again. Maybe that could be a combination of both. Both. Maybe Moto3 can be 10 minutes standing up. If you have a watch that you can put on your crossbar pad or have one on your uh, wrist that you can look at, do 10 minutes standing up, do the second 10 with something, something tossed in there. Because the alternative is going and then just trying to race everybody that you're around and that's not gonna do you any good, especially coming back from injury, you've gotta be careful. I'd also pick a track that's a little bit easier, maybe less jumpy, maybe less busy if possible. In a perfect world, if you can get onto a corner track and start doing some corner stuff without jumps involved and without other people involved, that that'd be the best thing that you could do. But yeah, that'd be my answer. Um, assuming you can't do that, camera's blinking. Is that our cue? Good thing we're at the end. Yeah. That's our cue. Another Moto Academy podcast. Thank you, Mark, for sending that in. Join the Moto Academy. Get to 
get over to club.themotoacademy.com. Go subscribe. If you guys want a tour shirt, go to tour.themotoacademy.com. Sign up for a class. That's the only place you can get one of these nifty shirts that I have on. Uh, and if you want to train with us in person, we're adding a whole bunch of locations. So keep checking the website if you don't see anything near you. Okay. Well, that's it. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Sweet. Good talk. Toodles. <laughs>